Personal finance presentation. Common personal finance ratios. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. Ratios can be used to get a better understanding of our financial data. They're usually going to be drawn from the balance sheet and income statement amounts. They're useful for us to be able to compare to our past data as well as to project out into the future and to compare to other people's financial data or to get advice from financial planners. That advice often being given in the format of ratios because many people have different actual income levels. So one way for us to kind of standardize and give some more generalized advice will often be with the use of ratios. So I know ratios can be a little bit intimidating for many people, but they are something that are well worth getting a grasp of because anytime we're doing some kind of comparison, whether it be on the financial data or any kind of performance data, then we almost always end up needing to use some type of ratios to get a better grasp of what we're actually talking about. So what we're looking at here is going to be the budget. So this is the budget projecting out into the future. When we're thinking about our ratios, we might be deriving that from the financial statements in the past or numbers on the financial statements to think about our data, which could help us then to project out into the future. Then the ratios typically being pulled from the balance sheet this is our personal balance sheet we looked at in a prior presentation or an example of one. Assets, liabilities, assets minus liabilities giving us that net worth amount. This is where we stand as of a point in time. Then we have the income statement, which gives us the time frame, typically a month or a year in the past. This is our action data in terms of income and expenses expenses broken out between fixed and variable in this particular income statement so given that data we can look at common types of ratios which would include debt ratio current ratio liquid ratio debt payment ratio and savings ratio so we'll look, take a look at each of these a little bit closer by themselves starting with the debt ratio the debt ratio shows the relationship between debt and net worth. A lower debt ratio is better. So the calculation, the ratio, these are all going to be basically division problems. We've got the liabilities divided by the net worth. Now these are both on the balance sheet. So they're showing us basically where we stand at a point in time. The liabilities you'll recall are what we owe to third parties. So that's our debt. That would be like the credit card, loans, mortgages, and so on. Total liabilities divided by the net worth, which is our net worth bottom line of the balance sheet, assets minus liabilities. So we're comparing basically our worth from a financial statement purposes, assets minus liabilities, net worth to the liabilities. So liabilities over the net worth. Clearly, we would like the net worth typically to be higher in comparison to the liabilities. Therefore, a lower debt ratio is generally better because if the liabilities go up, which are bad, you would end up with a higher ratio because the numerator would be increasing. If the, if the net worth goes up, then the, which would be good because the net worth means our assets have a, have a larger disparity or difference between the liabilities, then the denominator would increase. That would lower the, the debt ratio, which would be good. Now, you can think about this as a term of leverage, how much financing you basically have for personal financing. You can think about this as something a bank will quite likely be looking at as well if they were to give a loan or something like that. They may be doing a similar calculation like this to think about basically your leverage, how much liabilities you have compared to the net worth. Next, we have the current ratio. 
Current ratio shows the ability to pay current obligations. A higher current ratio is generally better. So the calculation will be the liquid assets divided by the current liabilities. Now these are both on the balance sheet again. So we're talking about the liquid assets, which is similar to current assets. If you were talking about a business, those are assets that are going to be more liquid. Things like the checking account, things like the savings account, things that you can use in order to spend if necessary to pay off obligations such as liabilities, such as credit card debts and so on. We're comparing that then to the current liabilities those are the liabilities that are due within one year. So we're talking about liabilities that are coming due in the short term, things like credit cards and the short term portion of loans like car loans, mortgages, student loans. And you can see then the liquid assets are good. We want to have the assets, right? And the current liabilities are kind of bad. That means we owe people and we're seeing how many times the current liabilities can go into or divide into the liquid assets. Therefore, this one we would expect to be greater than one generally because we would at least want it to be greater than one generally because we would want more liquid assets than we have current liabilities. If it's less than one, you're going to say, um, now it looks like possibly we, we might be insolvent, meaning we might not be able to pay our current liabilities. We might have to make a change there. If we have more current liabilities, then we have liquid assets in order to pay them off. Obviously, the higher you, this goes, if it was two, then that would mean that you would have enough liquid assets, cash and savings account and so on, to pay off your current liabilities like the credit card and short-term debt two times over, which would be better. If you can think about this from a banking standpoint, obviously they would like your liquid assets to be as high as possible if they were to loan you money because then you're more likely to, you know, to be able to pay it off with a higher liquid asset. Now, in actuality, you don't want a, a super high liquid asset ratio because that could indicate that you're not using your money efficiently. Really, you want your liquid assets to be high enough, certainly over one, but not, you know, if it's like 10 or something like that, that may not be good, given the fact that you probably have your money in, in assets that are not helping you to generate revenue. And your goal is to have enough money in your liquid assets so that you can cover your current obligations and have enough to cover any immediate emergencies where you need the liquid assets to act quickly and then put your other assets in possibly more long-term investments or a little less less liquid possibly so that you can get a bigger return on them which is typically a trade-off often that needs to take place to get a bigger return so then we have the liquidity ratio shows the number of months in which living expenses can be paid off off in an emergency so if an emergency happens, we have enough, then how much do we have then that we could be paying off the living expenses given the fact that we might not have more you know, income coming in during the emergency time frame. So a higher liquid ratio is generally, of course, better than the liquid ratio then being the liquid assets compared to the monthly expense. So now you can see that we have something that's going to be on the balance sheet, the liquid assets, and then the expenses, which are an income statement item, your monthly expenses. So notice on the income statement, you usually have revenue minus expenses, and hopefully we have enough revenue to cover the expenses usually. If an emergency happened, however, we could end up where we have no revenue and the expenses just keep going, right? So now we wanna say, well, what would that happen? Do we have enough liquid assets to pay off the expenses or how many months could we pay off on the expenses if we didn't have any more revenue for whatever reason for some kind of emergency happening? So the liquid assets, you'll recall on the balance sheet are the, are the ones that are kind of like current 
current assets on the business side. There are things like cash, things that you could spend readily to deal with the, the emergencies that come shortly and to deal with the current liabilities. If we divide that by the monthly expenses, meaning the typical things we spend, not simply the, the payments for the debts that come due, credit card and so on and so forth, but the expenses generally that we have on a month by month basis, we can then think about how many months we can basically live off of the liquid assets before we become insolvent if we carry on with our continue and normal spending habits. And obviously this one would be another one that you might see quite commonly if you're trying to get a loan or financing in some kind of way. You can expect the bank or something like that to be looking at similar kind of ratios to see to see similar kind of things. So debt payment ratio shows how much a person's earnings goes for debt payments. Re recommended monthly savings of 5% to 10%. That of course can change depending on your particular circumstances and what your goals are. So the ratio would be the amount saved monthly divided by gross income. And this is another ratio that we could be comparing. We could compare it to other people. We could compare it to what has been done in the past. And when we talk to financial planners and try to get advice, they may give us some, some ratios such as 5% to 10%, some general type of ratios that can give us some kind of baseline. Although, of course, our individual circumstances will be individual for us. But in essence, we got the amount saved monthly. So how much we're putting into savings divided by our gross income. Now we've got our gross income, which is before we think about how much is coming out of that gross income for things like the payroll taxes and so on. If you're a W-2 employee, the gross income would come from the pay stub, not the amount that would be deposited into your checking account because the amount in the checking account would already have withholdings taken out of it for an employee.